welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson. I'm the wife to Daryl for almost 30 years, a mom to eight kids ages 15 to 28, and a nana to six grandkids. We've been homeschooling for over 24 years, and I am the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler. I am so thankful that you are here and that you've decided to join me today. Um, As homeschoolers, we have taken on the adventure and responsibility of home educating our kids, and we're faced with deciding what's best for them. And sometimes that gets overwhelming with the many, many options that we have. And at the same time, we can sometimes be feeling lonely and in need of support. Maybe our kids are wanting to be with other kids more and Um, You know, finding your tribe or community can be an important part of thriving in our homeschooling. So today we're going to be talking about becoming involved in or starting a small homeschool co-op. We'll be talking about why uh, why to do a co-op as well as reasons not to do a co-op. We will be discussing how to find uh, people to connect with how to get started, and much more. And I say we because I have a very special guest with me today. Nancy Manos um, is here, and I'm super excited. She and her husband, James, homeschooled their two daughters, preschool through high school. Um, Their home education journey was a rich, rewarding, sometimes challenging experience. I can totally relate to that. And Nancy is passionate about encouraging um, others in the homeschool adventure. She and her husband, James, served together on the board of directors for Arizona Families for Home Education from 2004 to 2017. And Nancy continues serving the Arizona homeschool community as the executive director of AFHE. She's also enjoying her role as grandma to their two adorable grandboys. Welcome, Nancy. Thanks, Dorinda. It's so great to be with you. I'm really excited about this topic in particular. I am so glad you're here because I was I was sharing with Nancy earlier before we started uh, before we started recording that this is not my area of expertise and I know a lot of you moms have asked me about you know should I do a co-op shouldn't I do a co-op and that's obviously a very personal decision um, but there's a lot of there's some factors and some variables in the equation that you need to consider and I just felt like I needed to bring someone who had a lot more experience in that area and Nancy is my gal and what's really fun is we're both grandmas. I really like that. I like having two grandmas on here. <laughs> it's the best. You know, my it friend said, just wait till you're a grandma. You won't believe it. And I thought, well, sure, I get it. But you don't really get it until you're a grandma, how great it is. Exactly, exactly. So all that <laughs> investing you do over all those years in your kids, you actually, I feel like the 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 more like the more investment you make into your kids, the even more you enjoy your grandkids, if that makes sense. I, yes. I'm, I'm assuming you could relate to that. Yes, 100%. <laughs> but I am so excited to have you here to address this topic. So I'm going to just let you dive in and get started. Awesome. Well, you know, I, like you said, I homeschooled my kids from preschool through high school, and we did have a very hands-on education experience, but we found that doing a small co-op with some friends made a way for us to have it be even more engaging and to add in some of those things that I might not have done on my own. Uh, One example of that is we did a human body unit study, which I'll talk about in a minute, but 
two of the girls that we did this co-op with grew up to be nurses. And back in the day, they were all over the dissection of the sheep's heart and the cow eyeball. And my girls and I were kind of turning green across the room. (laughs) It's not something I would have done on my own, but because I was with friends, we had this experience. And so there's just a lot of benefits and I'm going to talk about those. But the small co-op can be an amazing way to add that extra spice to your homeschool. You know, maybe um, you're a mom that's finding yourself just doing the math and the grammar and the spelling, and by the end of the day, you've only got done the core subjects, and none of it was fun. You know, amen, sister. I totally relate to that. I'm just laughing as you're saying this because that was me. Like, let's get the math and the language and the handwriting done, and wow, I'm done. I'm feeling yeah. done. And and the whole idea of you know diving into some area of science or, you know, some of those other things. And can I just say crafts? I mean, especially when they were preschoolers and and young elementary, um, glitter was my enemy, you know? And so our kids would take these um, art classes somewhere else where I wasn't going to see the glitter for the next three months. And they were happy. I was happy. So it was great. <laughs> Anybody who uses glitter is very brave in my book. <laughs> I kudos to you. <laughs> um, so, you know, sometimes you find yourself where you have ideas for maybe some hands-on activities or those crafts or science experiments or whatever that you want to incorporate, but maybe you're not a crafty person and you're a little nervous about it, or maybe you just find yourself tired by the time you get done with core subject work. Mm-hmm. And so we found that doing a small co-op with a few friends really gave us kind of that boost to make sure we were keeping learning engaging and fun and hands-on um, and and interesting for our kids. Um, and so, you know, another thing too was the friendships that came out of it. Mm-hmm. Some of our closest friends were the ones that the, those friendships came from spending this kind of dedicated time together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the, the things that we did was this find two or three families, four families, and create an experience where we could dig deeper on some topics and and just really incorporate those hands-on things, but without doing a large co-op setting that felt like a school. I was never really interested in that. I brought my kids home because I wanted to be their teacher. And mm-hmm. so this was kind of the best of both worlds. That's so great. I love that. And I love that you, you can, there is something about, there's some energy that comes when you're with other people and coming up with ideas and sharing ideas. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing how kind of the teamwork inspires Mm -hmm. you and gives you ideas you might not have come up on with on your own. Right. Um, So let me just share really quick. What is a small co-op? Because that might not be readily apparent to everyone. Right, Um, right. You know, so to us, or kind of the the framework and the the picture that I have of it and our experience was that it is a cooperative learning experience with a small number of families. Mm. It's the parents working together to share the teaching responsibilities and to share their gifts and talents. Um, And kind of, as I mentioned before, the, the homeschooling to me is about parent and home, (laughs) you know, uh, And so one of the reasons that James and I decided to homeschool was because we didn't want to delegate the training and teaching and discipleship of our children to somebody else. 
But doing a small co-op allowed us to participate in some group learning experiences, but still be very much involved in the learning mm-hmm. and teaching process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that because it retains that whole that whole concept of homeschooling. You yeah. know, the kids are getting the um, all their core things and their basic things at home from us, and then and then we're. And then for us, it was like a, it was almost like a a carrot, you know, every week to be able to get together. It motivated my kids to get their other work done because they knew on that specific day that week, they were going to be with their friends and we were going to be doing some fun things together. And uh, so it can be a really motivating thing. Absolutely. You know, a co-op, you should never think of a co-op, in my opinion, as a drop-in shop type class. It really (laughs) implies parent involvement. This is me and two or three other moms getting together and creating some learning experiences for our kids together. Mm. Um, so it's, it's different than, you know, kind of those outsourced things, which can be enriching as well. Right. Um, so we just found it to be a really exciting and motivating way to study a particular subject. Um, and, and like I said, the friendships that were built and developed over those years were, are really sweet to me even still today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I graduated my youngest in 2011. So, wow. uh, yeah, it's just been neat to, to have those memories in particular and then the friendships to continue. Mm, I love that. Um, so why might someone want to do a small co-op? Um, so I'm just going to list a few reasons really quickly. And then we're going to dig into kind of like who to do a co-op with and how to plan one and those kind of things. Um, so some of the reasons you might want to do a small homeschool co-op is for the friendship, which we've talked about, for group learning. You know, for me, I only had two kids. So, you know, it's really hard to do things like um, public speaking or um, giving a presentation or that kind of thing with your one sister. And so the group learning gave us opportunity to do some games and projects and things that required more more people than just Mm -hmm. my two kids. Moms can glean and learn from one another. I feel like I was sharpened in my own ability to teach my kids by time with other moms because they were strong in areas I might not have been, or I got to see things from a new lens. And so that was really exciting to me personally as a home educator. Um, You know, you can share your talents and ideas. One mom, like this one family, was very science um, and anatomy driven like that was a bent for them and it's fun to see them as grown women now um, as nurses (laughs) Mm. but you know a mom might have a gift or an experience in chemistry or you know you pick whatever the topic is right and we how about cooking oh my gosh (laughs) sewing um yes Yes. All sorts of things that we can learn from each other. And it exposes our kids to others who have different strengths than ours, mm-hmm. uh, which I, is really can fun. Can I stop you for just yeah. a second? Because I think this is really important for moms to hear. Um, we live in such a competitive, comparing culture that um, I think one of the things that I run across a lot with moms um, who are struggling is they're struggling with accepting the fact that they have certain strengths and other people have other strengths and they don't have to have those strengths. And so I think this is one thing I just want to just kind of put, just insert in there very gently. Um, I think it can become 
these co-ops can be so wonderful when we understand that we're all created differently. Our families are different. Uh, one, like you could have felt intimidated because, and your daughters could have felt intimidated because these girls over here were so into the anatomy thing, but maybe that really wasn't your thing. You're doing it and participating, but it wasn't something you were like super passionate about. You don't have to feel bad about that. You can instead, and this is a way to teach our kids this, is to be in a co-op like this in a scenario similar to this and be able to have those conversations and say, wow, they're really, they really seem to have a passion about that they must god must have gifted them in that particular area and then we can talk about what their possible giftings are and in their particular what are you passionate about and have that conversation with your kids because we want our kids to grow up knowing that they don't have to do or be what everybody else is but yes. they can appreciate the strengths that other people have that they don't have but they can also embrace the strengths um, that they have that other people don't have so um, i just wanted to throw that in there because I think with social media and all these other things that are playing into so much of our lives that it's important to stop and um, instead of that being an obstacle to get over, let's look at it as an opportunity to have that conversation with our kids. Absolutely. Well, that ties perfectly with my next benefit of doing a small co-op, which is celebrating um, peer achievement and being cheerleaders of each mm -hmm. other. And oh, I so, love that. You know, just seeing like exactly what you said, seeing the gifts and the strengths in others and, and being like, that's a joy that we're different and we can enjoy mm -hmm. the differences. Sometimes those differences might rub us the wrong way, but it's a great learning opportunity just to really like look for the good in people and hey they're really good at that you know right. those kind of things right right um, it, it's kind of a it is a healthy um perspective and a kind of twist on you know how we're always being not how so much of people who do not understand homeschooling the first thing they land on is socializing right. well guess what this is like the healthiest way you can socialize your kids is to have them in a situation similar to this or something like this where you can have those conversations and like you said you can teach them to celebrate other people and celebrate their strengths and and be happy for them and so I love that that is just that's that's wonderful Thank you <laughs> it that. fits right in with what it you saw does. there. So that's awesome. I think sharing our faith with one another and then also an excitement for learning. You know, sometimes when it's just you and your kid at home and there's their workbooks, you, you kind of lose some of the joy during different mm -hmm. seasons. And this to me really fostered that joy and excitement for learning. Um, you know, it, it can be a motivation for moms to do those hands-on projects that you might not otherwise do. Right. Um, you, you know, you can really spice up a subject with multi-sensory multi activities. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of just reading about it, you can listen to music and taste food and, you know, right, make, make right. a diorama and a salt dome bath <laughs> and all those crazy things that sometimes we just go, oh, it's too much mess or takes too much time. Right, right. Want, it, you might do be it more with other people. It. Right. Exactly. Doing it with other people, there just brings some energy to it and some just some excitement. And I love what you said about, you know, bringing your own giftings to the table, because I think as homeschool moms, sometimes we're so we're, we're really trying to, you know, do right by our kids and make sure they're getting those solid core things. But 
sometimes we get lost in the in the midst of it all and our we sort of set aside our hobbies or set aside our giftings where this is a way we can bring them back out and um, foster them and work on them and share them um, with someone else and maybe even develop them as because you know how it goes when you're teaching something um, there's just so much more uh, <sighs> what do you call it, sharpening of the skills yep. when you're teaching it to other people. And so I just think it's a, it's just a really beautiful way to bring your own giftings um, to the table and offer that as a, just a gift to other people. Absolutely. Well, it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I think is really a great benefit is accountability. You know, sometimes you might even have a plan for your own homeschool for the week, but things get derailed you know, people call, whatever, whatever happens that throws you off track. But if you know you have co-op on Friday and these other families are depending on you, it does help kind of with Mm -hmm. consistency and accountability. Um, And we've already talked about sharing your strengths. You know, in one co-op that I was in, one of the moms was a little nervous about teaching, you know, and didn't feel like she had a lot to offer. And having three other moms come around her and and you know draw out her strength was a beautiful mm-hmm. thing just as women to do mm-hmm. for one another mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course there's character growth in all of us when right. you're together with other human beings you get to grow <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It's an opportunity. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And the last benefit I'll share is that you don't have to find a venue to use with a small co-op because you can meet in your home or Mm -hmm. in a friend's home kind of a thing. Because that can be a challenge when you're talking to people doing big co-ops is where do I find a facility to rent for all of us? And this really removes that from the equation um, if you just have a few families. So, right. Um, here's a couple of reasons not to do a co-op. Um, <laughs> it's really important to think about because we can be, you know, there's so many great things out there for us to do. And you could end up never homeschooling because there's so many great things you're always out running. But, but there are some reasons that I would say don't do a co-op. If it takes too much time away from home, if you're already stressed out because you're overcommitted in other areas, mm-hmm. you don't want to add something that's just going to be a burden. This should be a joy and a blessing and enhance what you're doing. Um, if you have little ones who need naps, if you're not able to participate in a way that lets your young children still get their nap, that might be a season to just say, it's not for us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I if, love that. That's so true. I mean, I think it's easy to, here's the thing. I I think with families that have older kids, uh, kids that are maybe ready for co-op, ready for something like that, um, and then maybe they have several children younger than them, and then they've got these kids who need naps every day, they're feeling guilty, Mm-hmm. That they that they have these littles that are so needy. So I'm I, I I've tried to speak to that mom that's sort of in that in between spot. I, the only thing I can do is share my own experience years ago when we had six kids, all nine and under. Um, I took part in a co-op for one semester, mainly because a friend of mine was had started it, and I wanted to be supportive. And I thought, you know, the kids will probably enjoy it, and. But because I had to be involved and I had, you know, two or three little ones in the nursery, you know, so they're they're in child care. And then, you know, maybe two of the three older ones could really and actually enjoy the co-op. 
by the end of that semester that we spent, it was just so clear to me that though the co-op itself was great, it was not a good fit for us in that particular season of life. Now, it wasn't a whole lot later than that, a few years past that we were ready. It was, it was good. And we were, we were in a season where we could participate. So I guess I just want to speak to the mom who might be feeling guilty about that because um, like Nancy said, you really need to consider where your family is kind of as a whole. And if it's going to be too big of a drain and too big of a um, commitment for your season right now, it's okay. You have to understand that God is sovereign over your family, over your family's size, over when your kids are going to go to co-op and when they're not. Sometimes it's really good for our kids, our older kids, to have to understand um, that we make sacrifices for each other. You know, they make those sacrifices for those littles for a season, and maybe we try to do something else that is doable for the family at that time, but it's not going to kill your kids to learn that we do make sacrifices sometimes for other people in the family for a season. It's a great, again, it's another opportunity to have that conversation about um, what it looks like to kind of follow the Lord's lead and to meet everybody's needs. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I've been there. Yeah. Um, and, and you can just trust God for the right timing, or maybe he can work something out so that there's someone who can stay home with your kids while they nap and you can go with the older ones to the co-op or, you know, there's just pray about it because you never know God could open up a door and a possibility, but don't feel a heavy or condemnation if that isn't working for you right now. Sure, absolutely. Well, and you know, one of the benefits of the small co-op is if you have two or three friends who might also have younger children, you could structure it, pick a time of day that would work, maybe two mm-hmm. or three hours. It doesn't have to be an all-day event. Right. Or maybe if you're the one with the small child and you have a house set up that would work where they could nap while you're doing co-op, mm-hmm. maybe you're the host home. So there's all sorts of flexibility. So make it work the small for you. Co-op. That's that's where the I think that's that's key right there. I just feel like what I'm pulling out of this is this is where small co-op has such great benefits. Yes, absolutely. You know, and then uh, another reason, last reason not to do a co-op would be if you are someone who doesn't want to do any work. <laughs> if you want to drop your kids off and have someone else teach them, this isn't really what that model is about. This is about a few friends coming together and sharing the workload and teaching together. So, um, you know, the, the things to consider so that it enhances your homeschool experience mm-hmm. and doesn't mm-hmm. create a burden or stress or strife or, you know, right. we don't need any more um, negative things because there's already so much pressure in mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. so, but this can really be a beautiful way to just, you know, add a little spice to your homeschool. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so should we answer a few more questions? Yes. Um, okay. So who should you do a co-op with? Or if you're grammatically correct, with whom should I do a co-op? <laughs> I had a mom moment there. Right? <laughs> um, yes. So, you know, one beneficial approach that we found, this worked really well for me and my friends, was to connect with people who were kind of like-minded in mm-hmm. our education philosophy and in our parenting style and, and in our Christian worldview. Um, That doesn't have to be how you do it, but that worked really well for us. Um, It removed friction where there didn't need to be friction because we all kind of, 
you know, homeschooled similarly and we raised our kids kind of, you know, not exactly the same, but close enough where we weren't going to be butting heads all the time. Um, it can also help to choose, <clears throat> excuse me, it can also help to choose families with children that are similar in age or gender or interests. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to have the one young boy and it's a group of older girls? You know, right. so finding families that fit with yours is can be really helpful. Um, and then I think it really helps to ask yourself, looking at the people that you're interested in doing a co-op with and, and say to yourself, like, would I be happy with the role of my children in relation to the other children's? Like, what is the dynamics of the group? And then, you know, are these kids that I would be, feel good about my kids playing with and spending time with? Mm-hmm. Can my kids and the other kids help each other to grow and mature? And so, but I would say, be careful not to exclude those who are different. You know, there's children with special learning needs and, you know, there's all sorts of dynamics. And so it isn't like, a, I'm only going to pick children exactly like mine. I'm not saying that. Right, I'm saying right. create an environment, an atmosphere that will foster success. But this is a great way to have that one-on-one time and to help the kids that, you know, might struggle with social interaction or, you know, any kind of learning activity. This is a great way to make them feel included and welcome. And when you're just dealing with seven or nine kids, boy, you can really make it welcoming for everyone wherever they're at. Exactly. And and, and the other kids um, can learn how to... um, how to talk to, how to handle maybe a child who isn't quite the same. You know, maybe there's some learning disabilities or there's some social things there. It's, it, it's again, another opportunity to expose them in a very personal way to someone who maybe has these things going on because because I think it really creates an empathy. And, I, I, you know, our culture is really lacking when it comes to, um, to empathy and being, being able to talk to someone who isn't the same as they are and who maybe struggles in certain areas. They can learn how to do that. And it can just be such a beautiful thing and such a great way to um, learn to be the body of Christ to, you know, we teach that to our, I I always tell people when we're talking about uh, nurturing sibling relationships, I talk about that at a lot of conferences and the, and the, the room is always, it's people sitting on the floor. It's, it's so full because parents want to know, how do I nurture these sibling relationships? And one of the things that I talk about is, um, one of the benefits of it is we're teaching our kids how to be the body of Christ to each other. And it's the same thing in this setting that you're that you're describing is this is an opportunity for our kids to learn to be the body of Christ to each other. And I just, I just think it can be such a great uh, growing experience, learning experience and great preparation for life. Oh, absolutely. The opportunity to demonstrate compassion and kindness and patience in a setting like that is tremendous. And mm-hmm. so I, I love what you can foster in a small co-op. Mm-hmm. Um, so another question might be, where do I find people to co-op with? You know, I think we're always looking for the list, like, where's the list of all the co-ops? Right. This kind of thing really develops more naturally and organically. And 
it comes from, you know, maybe you only know one other homeschool family. Well, maybe that family knows three or four other families, you know, so you can look for other homeschoolers at your church or if you go on a field trip, you know, do you connect with someone? If, right. you go, if you're part of a local support group, you know, just Oh, you have to open your eyes, and I think that's one of the challenges with homeschooling is our kids don't come with this ready-made group of friends. No. We have to put some effort into it, but boy, the friendships that we're able to cultivate with our kids and for our kids are really, really strong and solid and godly. Mm. So um, I would say just look. Start asking God to show you. He is so faithful about um, directing us and connecting us. And, you know, and honestly, maybe it's the one family that no one includes in anything. Maybe this is an opportunity to just be the hands of Jesus and, mm. and welcome them. And so mm-hmm. prayer somebody always new. is good. <laughs> yeah, and somebody yeah. new to your community. I'm ha- we just moved less than three years ago to a small community. And um, I can tell you that it makes all the difference in the world when people make you feel like you're welcome, yes. like you're you're not um, just a stranger in a strange land, <laughs> because exactly. it already feels like that in so many ways. And so I think it's it can just be such a blessing to to families who are new in the community. And um, yeah, definitely, I love that idea of fostering. What you're talking about, what you're describing in the friendship area is these are real relationships. These are real friendships. These are authentic friendships. They're not just, you know, skim the surface, you know, it's you get to get to really kind of spend a little time together and our kids will learn what what real friendships look like. And the beautiful thing is that we're doing this all together. So we're discipling we're still discipling our kids as we're as we're doing these homeschool co-ops together. We're still having, you know, conversations about uh, whatever things come up during the co-op and the things they learn, but also, you know, the things that happen in relationships. And we can walk them through that. If there's conflict, we can teach them how to how to handle conflict in a in a biblical, godly way. And so there's opportunity there. Definitely. That's so great. That was exactly what I was thinking as you were talking was just that opportunity for our kids to see us. We might not dis- we might disagree with another mom on something. Well, how mm-hmm. are we going to handle it? We mm-hmm. are walking out in front of them w- alongside them how we handle conflict in a way that restores relationship and mm-hmm. and honors people. And so mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which holds us accountable too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you, you can't go home from co-op and complain about that other mom because your kids are going to hear. And you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. It really helps exactly. us grow. It we does. want to be more like Jesus because mm. we know our kids are watching and we want them to follow Jesus, mm. you know, and so it really is precious. Um, one of the, the best things that came out of a co-op that I was in with two other families, I had... Um, my daughter said something and it was a little bit embarrassing and I, in front of everyone, just out of break, kind of dismissed her, made made kind of a dismissive comment. And one of the ladies called me later and, and she was nervous to talk to me. Um, she's been a friend for years, but I could have gotten mad at her was the point of her being mm-hmm. nervous. And she just said, hey, I, I just wanted to, because I love you and your family, I wanted to know, to share something with you that... I witnessed, you know, this situation with your daughter. 
and I know you love her and I know, I know you don't want to have that kind of, um, you know, situation. Anyways, she confronted me in love, spoke the truth in love to me and it changed everything. It changed mm-hmm. everything with my daughter. And I really respected this woman even more because she was willing to come to me mm-hmm. knowing I could just, you know, be mad, which that's right, not right. my personality anyways, but you know, you get your feelings hurt and you say something. Right. Right. And I, you know, it just fosters this opportunity for us to grow. That was kind of the point of that story. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And it's that, again, it's that accountability, not just with our kids, but with the other moms and and learning to love each other well, learning to support each other as moms. And I think that's something, you know, to pay attention to as well when you're, uh, if you decide to be part of something like this or create something like this, to remember that we're there to lift each other up and to support each other. But sometimes loving someone means being willing to have a hard conversation with them like your friend did. And that is true friend. You know, the scripture talks about, you know, better are, what is it? Something from an enemy than kisses or something from a friend than kisses from an enemy. I can't remember what the, (laughs) I can't remember (laughs) it. My, my, my mind just went blank, but you get the point, you know, it's, it's better for a friend to say something difficult to us than for, for, than for an enemy to flatter us, you know? So that's what we want. We want to have authentic walk with the Lord. We want to have authentic relationships with other people. And, um, and that, and this is one of the ways we can do that. Yes, absolutely. You know, our family did several small co-ops during our homeschool years. And, you know, here's a couple of examples of them to maybe spur some ideas for your listeners. Um, One of them that we did was a 12-week human body study. And there were four families. We met once a week. We covered the 12 systems of the body, so one system of the body each week. And it was great because the four moms, you know, we divided up the workload and we took turns teaching Mm -hmm. and leading Mm -hmm. different activities. We did, you know, crafts and science experiments. And that one was a really fun co-op because each student made a lap book. So we had all these mini books for the each system of the body. And that was it was so much fun because it wasn't an area. Science was not my area. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to really be part of this. But I helped with the lap books and brought the crafty element. And so, um, you know, that was I really fun. I love that. I love that. And lap books are great because you walk away with something tangible. Yes, you can you show grandma they- and grandpa what we learned this year. <laughs> Look, we're really learning. <laughs> Yes. So we, I love those actually. Lap books are fantastic. Um, Another co-op that we did, we did a full year U.S. geography study with two other families. And so there were seven kids. We met, I believe we met twice a month, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a few years and we rotated homes. And so we, there, we found a map that divided the U.S. into seven regions since we had seven students and the moms each took a month to teach But we had so much fun because each region, we would have a monthly lunch with foods that we all cooked or bought that were from that particular region. And we had so much fun. I like what you said. I like what you said. I just, I I heard that or bought. So for those (laughs) moms out there, like cooking is not my thing. Guess what? You can go buy tacos if you need to or whatever. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, I love that. There's freedom. (laughs) 
<laughs> right, exactly. And there is something so fun about eating food from that particular either country or region or whatever. It really makes it memorable. We did that one time with um, another family. We studied uh, we a couple of different countries. Um, I think we did it about a month, and then we got together – we, I think we did it individually at home, but then we got together at the end of the month for, for dinner, and we had a dinner. Uh, I think one of them was Ireland, so we did, you know, cabbage and, you know, the whole St. Patrick's Day, you know, what is it? What is it that we have on St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> oh, corned beef. It's that corned beef and cabbage and the mashed potatoes, and, and then the kids got up and talked about um, – what they learned about that country, things that were interesting, something about the people, about the culture, you know, and they just shared the most interesting, the things that were most interesting to them about that country. So there's a little bit of uh, public speaking involved and it was just really a lot of fun. And I just, I just remember the kids will never forget it, you know, because it was done so differently than, than other things that we were doing. And so it can really be a a wonderful place to make memories. Oh, for sure. So many memories. I love the, that conclusion and the meal type thing and the presentations. When we finished our U.S. geography study, we invited the grandparents and we had a dinner and each of the kids had made a presentation display of some kind for their region and had to talk about it. And it was so neat That's how different so they all were. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It, it was really it, it was same thing with us. That was our experience, too, was just everybody had every child had a different perspective and that was just a fun, fun thing to hear what was interesting to them. I learned things about my kids just from those little presentations. It was really a lot of fun. How neat. I love that. (laughs) It makes me wish I was still homeschooling. I know. (laughs) You know, there's just to kind of wrap that part up. There's so many subjects that would be fun to explore together in a small co-op. And really the sky is the limit. Whatever your kids are interested in or, you know, look for topics and um, maybe even activities. Maybe it's science experiments or it's, you know, some kind of craft project or history or, you know, there's so many things you can study together that works well for a co-op. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to share a few tidbits on how to get started and planning your co-op. Um, and this was what worked for us. The beauty of it is you can make it work for yourself. So however Mm. you and your friends best operate. Um, But this is what kind of um, worked well for us. And then also the the recommendations. I asked, polled a group of about 12 or 15 moms who had done co-ops. And I'll share a few of their um, recommendations at the end. But they talked about, you know, what was made their homeschool co-op experience a success. And so some of this um, how to get started also comes from their recommendations. Um, But one thing you can do is plan a play date for the families you're considering co-oping with and observe how the kids get along and interact together. Um, You know, pray on your own and pray with the moms. There's nothing like praying with other moms. Mm -hmm. God meets Mm -hmm. you there for sure. Amen. I would say if you each share your hopes and goals and expectations and be open and honest about it so that you can find common ground. Like, does this work? Is there, does this sound appealing to me after meeting and chatting? And will it help, you know, bolster what we're doing at home? 
what we've already talked about being willing to speak the truth in love. We also need to be willing to hear the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we need to be, and this is a walking alongside one another tripe experience. And so we need to be willing to be honest, but in a humble and gentle way. Um, we have to want the best, not only for our own family, but for the other families mm-hmm. we participate with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, talk with the other moms about things you might want to study in your co-op and see where the common interests or topics land. And then be willing to say no to participating. If you're not comfortable or you're not excited after this initial meeting, um, it's okay to say not now or not interested. You know, it, I don't think we should ever put ourselves in a position where we feel obligated. I had a meeting and now I have to show up and then you resent it every week. That's Mm -hmm. not fun for anybody. No, it's not. It's not. And that's not how God leads us. When he leads us, there's a peace that comes with it. Yes. And if you're, and if you take a different direction, it's just not going to end well. (laughs) Right. Right. And then once you've decided, okay, we're in, you know, I I encourage you to go home and pray, talk to your husband, see how Mm -hmm. you're feeling about this. And, and if there's a piece, you know, jump in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so here's some like pointers for if you're going to start planning a co-op. First, you need to decide what you're going to study. You can brainstorm. It could just, you know, include the kids as well. What are they interested in? Um, And then talk about your goals. A great question to ask yourselves at the beginning is, when we're done, what do we want to have accomplished? You know, is this a social thing? Is this you want your kids to learn? You know, there's, um, I think we accomplish more when we have a target we're aiming for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And this is a conversation you're going to have with the other moms, too. Because when your goals are the same, there's so much... um, so many misunderstandings can be, you know, thrown off to the, they're not, it's not going to happen. You're going to have, not going to have nearly as many misunderstandings because everybody understands that what the goal is. Yes. Yeah. It's so the upfront conversations really pave the way for a smooth experience. Um, you need to decide when you're going to meet. Are you going to meet weekly, every other week, once a month? How long are you going to meet? Is this a two hour or three hour thing or is it all day? You know, so Decide on that and agree to it. Um, and then I recommend, you know, maybe these new f- these families are new to you as far as being in such an um, ongoing relationship. Maybe you don't know them very well. You might want to start with a short commitment. We did one co-op that was six weeks long. Mm-hmm. And it was great because it gave everybody the chance to you put an end date on the commitment. Hey, we're right. in for the next six weeks. And then you can decide at the end hey, I'd love to do something else with you. Or, you know, that was good for this season and you can bow out gracefully from, you know, so if you commit to a full year thing, your first time out with people you don't know, that can be a really long commitment or it can be Mm -hmm. a great commitment. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, that is such, those are wise words because I know that, you know, most of us can say, yeah, I can, I can commit for six weeks and we don't know what's going to happen in our life either. You know, life sends its own, curveballs and um but six weeks is is doable four weeks is doable you know and i just i love that that is such a good idea 
Yeah, it it really proved itself to be a good and wise kind of boundary for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to decide where you're going to meet. You know, maybe you'll rotate houses and everybody will get a chance to host. Or maybe like if you have the younger child that needs to nap, maybe you're the host homer. Maybe you have a big house that has a nice big family room where you can put up three six foot tables and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, So decide that together, though. Talking through each of these things really helps avoid resentment and frustration later because mm-hmm. you all had a chance to decide together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll want to talk about what are you going to do with younger siblings. Um, most homeschool families have kids of multiple ages, and it's a beautiful thing to be together. But during the co-op, during a teaching time, you don't want an older child to have to watch a younger sibling because you want them to get the most out of the co-op experience. Mm-hmm. But will they be, you know, will they just be playing nearby with toys? Will someone be designated to watch them in another room? You know, these are questions to ask and answer amongst yourselves. But have a plan so and make sure everybody knows the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, another, you know, great thing to talk about in advance is discipline issues. Mm-hmm. You know. Parents should be responsible for their own children, but, you know, as adults, we should be able to kindly and politely walk in authority and, and correct a child like, hey, please don't jump off that landing, you know, or whatever, right, right, um, right. <laughs> you know, especially for safety issues, but, and then have a plan for, um, you know, talking to a parent away from the co-op, away from the kids, if there is an issue that needs to be, you know, discussed, Guarding unity in the group is crucial. We Mm. just really can't allow irritation or resentment to build because it just makes everybody miserable. Mm -hmm. And so have a plan. You know, if something is going awry, um, how are you going to address it together? And have that mindset of we care for one another. Restoration and reconciliation is always our goal. And how can we walk alongside one another? Mm. I love that. I love that restoration and reconciliation. So good. And then in all of that, we are, again, setting an example and modeling this, you know, for our kids. Yeah. And then two more points for planning your co-op. One is the division of labor. Mm -hmm. You know, every parent should be participating in the co-op unless... You know, there might be a situation like maybe you have a friend who's undergoing cancer treatment or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever Mm -hmm. situation or they're on bed rest. You know, this could be an opportunity for you to really love on their kids Mm -hmm. during a very challenging season. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. in general, every parent should participate in some way. You know, we are cooperatively providing an education experience. And, you know, it can be a really great setting for parents who might not be as confident to gain confidence Mm -hmm. because it's a safe place. And like we talked about earlier, it's a great place to learn from each other and to benefit from our friends' strengths. It can be really helpful to designate a leader if the decision by committee, that kind of committee format, isn't working. It is okay to have one mom take the lead as kind of a coordinator as long as everybody's in agreement. And, you know, it really can foster just getting things done. Sometimes if you have to wait for everybody to agree on every decision, nothing gets done. Right, right. Exactly. That's exactly right. So and then just in closing, I have a few little things, advice from moms who've done co-ops, which this I I love this most of all. Um, One mom said, communicate, communicate, communicate. And (laughs) we've talked about why that's beneficial. 
um, having clear expectations for the parents and the kids. Mm relax and have fun. This Mm. is supposed to enhance and enrich your homeschool experience. And it shouldn't be stress and tension and fighting to get out the door to get to co-op or whatever. Like this really should be a joy and a blessing. I love this one said, go with the flow. Sometimes Mm. things don't go according to plan. Right, right. They don't go the way that you would have done them if you were the teacher in that moment. But you know what? Amazing things can come out when we're just looking for the good and mm. go with the flow. <laughs> mm, I love that. That's great. That is awesome. Um, one mom said, have a, pers- a purpose for your co-op. So it should be a valuable, beneficial experience. You know, if you just want a park day, plan a park day. But if you're going to plan a co-op, you know, have a purpose for it and, mm-hmm. and really make sure that at the end of it, you're like, hey, that was a valuable investment of our time. Um, Another mom said, choose people wisely. And then this was one of my favorites was let your yes be yes. Do what you say you'll do. Show Mm. up on time and be Mm -hmm. prepared. Others are depending on you. Mm, I love that. I love that. That is so true. Uh, That whole idea of just being faithful. I I see, you know, when you get older, this is what happens. You you see the trend and I've seen the trend be people commit to things and then not keep their commitments. Like it's just, it's like almost, it's very rarely, I have to know a person before I really believe (laughs) that they're actually going to do what they said they're going to do. Because I've had so many experiences the last few years of people saying they're going to do something and then they don't. So yes, be faithful. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. That's part of, um, you know, reflecting Christ. You know, that's, he would have us to be faithful. Yes. And obviously there's going to be, there can be circumstances where, you know, obviously you need to bow out for whatever reason, but I think that should be the exception and not the rule. <laughs> right. Well, especially if you've gone to the the um, time and energy and commitment of working through a plan and dividing yes. up the workload and yes. then one whole person is gone or unable or doesn't follow through. And right. then all of a sudden the other moms are picking up that load, which can be okay in certain seasons, but um, it's just good to plan for things we can actually yes. execute and do with exactly. excellence. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, Amen. Another mom recommended having activities planned for the younger siblings, you know, some puzzles and blocks and snacks and things. Mm-hmm. Um, we've really talked about this a lot, but it's so beautiful to realize that conflict and dis- disagreement are not necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. If we aspo- respond appropriately, it can really be a great opportunity for personal growth and stronger friendships. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, conflict doesn't have to be bad. And I love yeah. that she shared that. Mm-hmm. I um, love that too. That's so true. Finding people that you have a common commitment level with um, can be, you know, we've already talked about the let your yes be yes. And then really go with an attitude of enjoy learning with your kids and other families. Mm. If we're going reluctantly or oh, it's co-op day again, you know, right. <laughs> that's going to translate into everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, just the closing ones, the ladies talked about praying, being humble and flexible, learn to forgive quickly um, be willing to voice your expectations and concerns and listen to others. Mm-hmm. And then um, letting the other moms and kids share their gifts and talents and abilities. And the one that came up most often was to pray and pray mm-hmm. together, which mm-hmm. I just love. Um, 
you know, the co-ops that we did with a few of our friends created some very, very special memories, and the, it definitely enhanced our homeschool experience. And mm. I would highly recommend it. Oh, well, this this has just been great. Such an encouragement. I, you know, as I'm listening to you just sort of lay all of this out, I just, I love the the clarity, but also the simplicity of it. I didn't feel like it was overwhelming. It didn't feel like it was overly complicated, but you shared some very important key points that help us to actually help it stay that way because we we want it to be something that's doable for families. So thank you so much for being here with us. I just so appreciate you. Thanks for having me. This was yeah. really fun. And my prayer is that moms would feel empowered and equipped mm-hmm. and and inspired mm-hmm. to add something if they can right. if it's the right season and to know that it's doable and it doesn't have to be overwhelming and it doesn't have to be this big thing you right. know and and right. it really can enhance your homeschool experience. Oh, that's great. That is awesome. Well, I'm going to leave some ways to connect with Nancy and AFHE in the podcast notes because maybe uh, you're a listener that's in that area and you and you didn't know about AFHE or about Nancy and you can find out more by uh, connecting with her through those links that I'm going to include in the podcast note but notes. But it is just so important for us as homeschool moms to uh, not assume that a co-op is or isn't a good fit for us, but to to think through and to hear from someone who has as much experience as you do. And I'm always so thankful for veteran homeschool moms who take the time to share their wisdom and encourage younger homeschool moms in their journey. So thank you. Thanks, Dorinda. All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray before we leave all the moms. Father God, we just come before you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for um, just this great wisdom that uh, Nancy has shared from her experience that will go on to bless the moms who are listening, Lord. And I pray for every mom who's listening right now who's wondering if this might be a good fit for her. God, I pray that you would lead her heart, Father, wherever you want it to go, that if this is a good thing for their family, that you would just continue to lay it on her heart and that um, that hopefully lots of small little co-ops will pop up just from this conversation that will bless homeschool families all over the place, Lord. We just thank you so much that you have um, made us and created us for community, Father. And so I just pray for the mom out there who might be feeling lonely right now that maybe you could use this, Father, to bring community into her life and to help her find uh, that group of women who can uh, support each other and love each other and pray each other through these homeschooling years. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.